I was just telling Chris, I went to the Secretary of State today and I had to get a Michigan license plate for my car because I got pulled over <laughs> this morning and the cop was like, hey, you have an expired plate. Mm. Also, it's from the wrong state. Also, your <laughs> registration is lapsed. No, no. And I was just like, oh, motherfucker. And then I think the only reason he kind of let me off easy was he was like, where are you going? And I was like, uh, work. <laughs> it's right around the corner. <laughs> I think he was expecting me to try and like bullshit him with something, but I don't really know what I would have said. I was wearing a work uniform. <laughs> Officer, sure. I am on my way to a felony level drug deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way to the fucking secretary of state now. <laughs> my Officer, you've got to let me go. My wife is pregnant with drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get to the hospital to, to deliver some drugs. <laughs> You can't just not say anything, right? If they ask where you're going, you can just be like, I'm not discussing my day. Uh, any other comments about yeah. whatever? Like, It's not Friday, but every day is shut the fuck up Friday when you deal with police. That's mm -hmm. true. That's yeah. true. I mean, I don't think I was doing anything illegal. If they wanted to fuck with me, they would have fucked with me. But For sure. it was like 4.40 in the morning. I think this <laughs> cop was basically as not awake as I was. <laughs> yeah, don't he was talk to don't talk to police before they've had their coffee. Yeah. <laughs> or honestly do. He probably was like, I could fuck with this guy, but then like what if there's paperwork? How about I just tell him to go do his paperwork? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. if he fucks up, then some other cop can handle it. I will go get a donut. He literally did just give me homework to do too. I mean he wrote <laughs> me a ticket. I'm gonna have to pay a ticket. But he he was also uh -huh. like, just go straight to the Secretary of State after work and get this shit taken care of. And then sure, of course sure. I come home and it's like you can't just go to the Secretary of State or the DMV if you don't live in Well, Michigan. you can if you have a gun. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can get a lot done with one of those. That's right. Uh, yeah. Very efficient. <laughs> this is both my problem solver and my daily planner. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, you, in order to go and get anything done at the fucking Secretary of State, you have to like go home and then you have to Google all what you're going to need. And I had to get like eight fucking documents, two yeah. pieces of mail, my birth certificate and all of this like and proof of insurance, everything. Just to put a license plate on my car that says Water Winter Wonderland. <laughs> Wait, so they made you get a Michigan license plate? I mean, you couldn't renew your old uh, out-of-state plate? I'm sure I could have, but I don't have an address. In, well, I guess I could have used my parents' address in Pittsburgh mm. if I really wanted to. you got to keep why, them guessing. Why yeah. would I want to have a Pennsylvania plate, though? Like, what is gained by that? And actually, when I switched my insurance to Michigan, it dropped by like 40%. So nice. oh, pretty, well, that's pretty pleased good. with that. <laughs> Sometimes well, that seems it like is a good beneficial reason. to have a, a plate from a different state, like mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're a you know, California cook. Um, okay. The fees for like... They have they make you get inspections and do emissions, but like one of the one of the pro tips is like, you know, Vermont will register a car from anywhere without a local address. You don't have to <laughs> really? live there, and uh, that's a that's actually like a backdoor way to get like an old, uh, you know, project vehicle titled, and uh, and sometimes it can be cheaper on taxes to register in a state, like uh, if you have access to an address there that taxes like older vehicles mm. uh, for mm -hmm. less money. So, so it's it, like a, it can be beneficial to do an out-of-state plate sometimes. I got to give it up for Vermont being a tax haven for poor people who are trying <laughs> to save a little money on their car. That's right. Compared yeah. to its sickly cousin, Delaware, the ultimate <laughs> tax haven for the ultra-wealthy. Yeah. I was going to With say. a building with something like 170 businesses all registered to the same address. <laughs> that never do business there. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it sounds like Vermont is the Delaware of 
low-level license plate uh, fraud <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, the New, New England states, um, apparently there's a, I think it's the state Senate. Uh, there's a bill in New Hampshire now. New Hampshire is the only state in New England ha- that hasn't like decriminalized or legalized weed. Live free or die. Re- recreational. Really? And, uh, and it might soon be. Yeah, what the fuck? They're the, they're the live free or die state, but you still can't smoke weed. They've chosen <laughs> die. Yeah. <laughs> die in jail if you smoke weed. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Isn't New Hampshire also like comically small? Like you can just drive east or west out of it pretty quickly from anywhere. In <laughs> well, it's narrow, it but true. it's long. If you've ever driven, like it's the same. I think it's like literally the exact same height as Vermont. Uh-huh. So it'll take you like probably six hours to drive from Mm -hmm. the southernmost tip to the northernmost tip, which I have done. It's quite Mm -hmm. a nice state. Yeah, but you were trying to find weed when you drove (laughs) vertically (laughs) through New Hampshire. (laughs) Yeah, you could have just gone. You can go down a little bit to Massachusetts. Weed's got to be legal in Vermont, right? Todd, you missed the exit and also the last 30 exits. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm checking out these mountains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Maine. Maine's cool. Maine had early legal weed, right? That's like one of the first states that legalized it. Something so you could like get some that. like real good dispensary weed, probably. For a while, you could drive to Mass if you were a New Yorker mm-hmm. and sure. you wanted to hit up the dispensary. But also, like New York City, it's just so cheap and easy to just use a delivery service, and they get the same like yeah, finely packaged shit. The yeah. same curated buds. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. <but> before <laughs> we actually do buds. any of the notes. Welcome to BP Lettuce, everybody, your number one curated buds show. But I was watching. Okay, so I've been really fascinated by cult stuff recently, and mm-hmm. I came across one that kind of blew my mind. It's not like a, a traditional cult at all. It's literally just a festival that's mm-hmm. put on for the ultra wealthy and like influencers and like In Bohemian uh, Grove. Davos. No, well, basically, <laughs> Davos. yeah. This is this is called a fest. Okay. And it's it's A-fest? put on here. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up again and get the get the info. There was a little Vice thing on it um, on YouTube, and it's an event designed by Vision Lakiani, mm-hmm. which brings together people. It's invite only, so you have to be invited to it. Ah, and you go around, and there's like there's a lot of meet and greets with other powerful, influential people, but then also they do like guided breathing exercises, presentation training, like how to walk, how to stand, how to, you know, first day of standing lessons. And then there's also all kinds of whacked out shit, like spiritual advisors who will give you an app where you put in your birthday and it tells you which direction in your house leads to success. (laughs) I love that they, this website uh, says, since A-Fest is best expressed in visuals and not words, watch the after movies of previous events. So it's just like, yeah, this event that you're going to have to apply to do, uh, it doesn't really, can't be summed up in words. <laughs> it, re- it seemed really corny too. Like the one, the one they did the Vice thing on was in Jordan, but it looks like the next one is in Colombia. So basically they're always hosted in uh, U.S. client, client states. states. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah interesting. <laughs> I also, I have to say that all these headshots of people at these events have very, uh, this person does not exist kind of vibes. 
It's just like, it, it where does this hat come from? That, it was a lot of people that like were hard to tell apart. Like all the white dudes were really hard to tell apart more mm-hmm. than usual. Because sure. they all have like football player heads. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like just a bunch of like shaved Terry Bradshaws walking around. Mm-hmm. And everybody else seemed like they were either there to like grift. Like the guy who the guy who ran the whole event was obviously there to grift. And all of the, the people who were running seminars were there to grift. But it also seemed like there were people who were just schmoozing in the crowd. They were like, I bet this is where the easy money is. Are you, are you <laughs> saying this because you went or because you watched the video? I watched the video. Yeah, no, but I felt like I was there. I was <laughs> transported to a faraway yeah. land. Oh, man. Where monsters <laughs> rule. This is like, this is Epstein shit. And it's also like client state. It's mm-hmm. also, it's, it's NatSec. Silicon it's Valley. This sounds like wannabe Epstein shit. Partnership. Yeah. Shit. Like well, they're. People who are trying to like grind set their way into mm-hmm. being like famous mm-hmm. enough to get invited to Epstein Island, but they kind of have to pay their way in. Yeah, this does seem like the B-lister group of influencers and stuff too. Like the admission price is only three grand. So like if, only, if you yeah. if you get in, well, I know that's ridiculous, but like sure. if you're really wealthy, you don't even bend over to pick up three grand. Sure. So how is a- it a invite only thing, but you have to pay to attend? It's like, would you like to spend three grand? You are invited to give us your money. <laughs> you That's have been selected grip. to give us your money is a perfect scam if you want to rip off rich people. And like the, <laughs> the other funny thing about it is like they even introduce it. They're like, it's lonely at the top. If you're an influencer, if you run a business, you know, you might not have a lot of friends. So A-Fest formerly awesomeness fest awesomeness <laughs> i'm not joking you can't call it that that's oh just God, this is this is for the reddit uh, billionaires of the of the world i'm surprised exactly elon right. hasn't gone yet like he seems like he would love it here it seems like the reddit and the tumblr billionaires have kind of crossed over at this event because there's like a, a lot of spiritual wellness and there's a lot of like weird takes on like what's appropriate to do like okay they had a they were in jordan and so they had a bedouin themed night and the vice reporter lady was walking around she's like i think there's a lot of guys in headwear here that should probably not be wearing that headwear oh no (laughs) and it's just like white dude after white dude dressed up like a bedouin (laughs) i love this guy's testimonial it says do i like a fest it's not the question you just dive in and you are lost it's like you don't think anymore you are at home and this is from Wim Hof, holder of 20 plus Guinness World Records for superhuman feats. Fucking Wim Hof. That's what it reminded me of. And I, he wasn't in the video at all. That's the Dutch guy mm-hmm. who teaches people breathing exercises that supposedly make you immune to the cold. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a oh, real God. guy. That's oh, a real man. guy. You can watch insane videos of him. He just like, he's this Dutch dude and he's like, I love the cold. I oh, sleep in it. I live in it. And he's just like <laughs> naked in a tub of ice. And he's like, it's incredible. Okay. So just <laughs> saying like, uh, doing like doing cold water sometimes does, does wake you up. Like, uh, like if I'm really sleepy in the morning, I'm taking a shower, do a hot shower. The last like two minutes I go ice cold. I am ready for the fucking day. Yeah. I am screeching like I, my back is arched like a cat that has just been frightened. <laughs> my knees are buckling. I'm about to bruise my the front of my knees on the <laughs> Love that guys, ice cold uh, water. <laughs> did you guys watch the Grammys? What was it last night or the night before? I did not uh, catch no, them. No, I, I don't. I, it's been a long time since I bought something that could be measured in grams. I go for ounces. <laughs> well, we got a we got a new current thing. Uh, Charlie Kirk whose post that I'm looking at, but it's being posted by like every right-wing culture warrior. Uh And then on uh, the other side, it's just being 
po- posted by like a bunch of you know Twitter people being like yes. Um, apparently, they have nominated the Chinese weather balloon. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, um, I think his name is Sam Smith has a song called Unholy, and his performance at the Grammys had a bunch of like devil imagery, but not like not like demonic shit like Moloch and uh like uh like bohemian grove shit mm-hmm. this isn't like the skull and bone society type demonic shit no this it, is like it was just like, like party, party decorations city, yeah, yeah party city yeah. top hat with devil horns on it and then a bunch of women in like lingerie that's red and there's like a cave or a cage and then there's pyrotechnics uh-huh. so this would have uh, been tame in the seventies. So, yeah. so this is yeah, ex- exactly like extremely in, like, like theater kid rock. devil type yeah. shit. So this is this is another perfect example of outrage advertising. Like I've been talking about it on a couple of recent shows, where uh, the market is declining for these awards shows, like Grammy, Oscars, Emmy ratings have been nosediving for yeah, a decade they fucking now. they suck. They're terrible right? programs. So in order to, to get them. these clips in front of people, they have to do programming that pisses, that both, like, you know, the the normal demographic of the Grammys has to enjoy, but also they they finely tune the programming and the acts in order to piss off the culture warriors so that they will repost it for days on end in your feed, yeah. thus giving the fucking Grammys producers more eyes on it. All right. They're they're selling you a product. This is exactly the same as the Lady M's thing. This is exactly the same as the outrage advertising about the Lord of the Rings series being bad. Of course it's gonna be bad. It's shot like daytime television. And this is exactly like the Harry Potter thing. Like the vast majority of people are going to watch a TV show or listen to a song or play a video game just because, and they're not involved in this online bullshit. But if you participate in any part of this, you're being sold a product and uh, you're a sucker. The three musketeers used to be three straight guys. Maybe a father and two sons. Maybe just some friends. Nobody knows. Today, it's not so clear. More on Tucker Carlson tonight. Tucker's just zooming in on the logo, and he's like, look at this. This guy could be non-binary. Do you see these these socks? Do you know any cis straight guys that wear socks like that? I certainly don't. The only people I know are my non-binary twink friends. They wear socks like that. I can't get it out of my head. Uh, I think... Uh, John, it was you that was like the Keebler elves are a polycule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> prove that they aren't. That's what I'm asking for Fox News is to prove that the Keebler elves are monogamous. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just for once, it would be nice if the news talked about people who are alive um, <laughs> instead of <laughs> fictional characters or people who have already died, which is basically all we ever fucking hear about anymore. <laughs> yeah, if you're um, if you're getting upset. Like, it doesn't even matter what side of the culture war squabble you're on. If you're getting upset about something or somebody else's reaction to something, you're buying their product. You're giving your mind energy over to being upset about it. It doesn't even, it, 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 it's stupid. It's, especially if it's just a product, right? Mm-hmm. It's not somebody's actions. It's not like, like a political like it's not it's not a law 
It's just a product that's being God, sold. I wish I could buy a lot. If you're upset about <laughs> that, you are a sucker. Yeah. yeah, well, like, let's say you're, like, a terrible reactionary who falls in an interesting place, maybe an underserved place on the political spectrum. Let's say you're a Taliban fighter. And uh, you're not unhappy. terrible reactionaries. Well, in some ways they are. <laughs> they're, they're actually based. In some ways they also are that. Um, they're a real mixed bag, the Taliban. <laughs> 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 and it's a land of contrast <laughs> further to that point uh a lot of ta- a few taliban fighters and former taliban fighters were interviewed in this article that comes to us from afghanistananalysts.org and a few people have pointed some of the highlights of this out on twitter but they're asking these former fighters how are you adjusting to life in kabul and a lot of them are saying things like the women here aren't modest enough, you know, like the, the boys just, they, they ask women out uh, so brazenly, it's inappropriate, mm-hmm. people are using drugs, you know, kinds of things you would expect fairly conservative, let's say, jihadist fighters to, to say after they come back from their fights. But they're also saying things like, when we were doing jihad, me and the boys, even if we outranked each other or whatever, we would just <laughs> like throw it all away and fight together horizontally yeah, for martyrdom. Fun. Yeah, they had. That's literally what they're saying. They're like, jihad was fun. Working an office job in Kabul is not fun, and I hate it. Oh, welcome to the club, boys. Yeah, so it's so funny because it's like they're a, a lot of these dudes are doing the same thing. I see like your weird uncle do here in the United States, where they're like their job sucks. They've mm-hmm. fallen from a place where they used to really enjoy something, and now they kind of hate their life. And all they can do is bitch about how the kids don't get it, and there's too many drugs. And if like, you take <laughs> this at face value, and uh, you also like boil down the American empires. Uh, goal being to spread not democracy but bureaucracy coca-cola uh, the yeah. withdrawal of afghanistan was a smashing success <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 really interesting because like it seems like the taliban really wanted to continue to run the country in a way that was you know congruent with the the things they were fighting for during the the war but as soon as they started governing instead of fighting like the whole relationship to structure and responsibility and time management and resources everything changed because as many people have found out throughout history it's way harder to govern than it is to conquer Mm -hmm. and so yeah they went from being insurgent fighters to uh stewards of running a country Yeah. yeah Well, and a lot of them are like, I'm not moving my kids to Kabul, and I'm mad because the Americanization of Kabul is spreading throughout the country because due to the war, most Afghani citizens have been through Kabul at some point, and now they're picking stuff up from the American influence there and mm-hmm. taking it with them. So it's it's so funny because you always think like it, with these hyper-ideologically motivated fighters slash administrators that everything is going to iron out along really, really, really hard lines, but like what's happening in Afghanistan is totally heterogeneous. And a lot of it is stuff that like both the people in Afghanistan and the West were not prepared for, had no idea it was coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like the idea that, uh, you know, women are wearing their hair, not covered up or that just Mm -hmm. like the city of of Kabul in general feels like Westernized to people is, uh, that was a surprising detail to me because I just assumed the fact that like the Taliban ostensibly like run the country now would mean that it was like, super hardline religious you know Mm -hmm. theocracy across the board but it seems like 
the city has already kind of become westernized and like less theocratic. So they're kind of like picking their battles where they can or not like caring about that enough to like start a whole culture war about it. We used to have jobs, hope and cash. (laughs) (laughs) And now everybody's eating at the cheesecake factory and listening to mom jeans. (laughs) I mean, that's really it. I mean, one of the guys, I'm I'm just going to read from, from what he said real quick. He said, I'm very concerned about our Mujahideen. The real test and challenge was not during the Jihad. Rather it's now at that time it was simple, but now things are much more complicated. We are tested by cars, positions, wealth, and women. Many of our Mujahideen, God forbid, have fallen into these seemingly sweet, but actually bitter traps. They forgot <laughs> their old comrades on whose shoulders they secured victory and instead seek the praise and approval of psychophants. And it's uh. so funny, like no matter what society you're in, it's like the more military minded or the more religious minded and the more like ready to do bureaucracy and, and real politic types always split off. Cause like a lot of the hardliners from the jihad are now some of the most kind of like liberal and least strict administrators during their rule it's is very odd situation mm-hmm. it's very it's very funny when you when you see this happen and then you think about um starship troopers how <laughs> the, like it was supposed to be a society that was uh established and then run by the quote unquote veterans which you know basically means a a military autocracy mm-hmm. and what it ended up being was like uh, or or what it ended up being in real life, like in Afghanistan, is like that. That's not that's not how it works out. Those people can't govern. No, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, they barely care to. They're like more concerned with just like sitting on their front porch and tut tutting because kids' pants are too low or whatever the equivalent <laughs> is in Afghanistan. <laughs> uh, what's up, Bryn? Hi. What are we talking about? We're talking the about Taliban. the Taliban. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah. That's what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite topic. Yeah, they're all getting office jobs now. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, they're the like, ta- man, the Taliban are going to be on TikTok making a, making a TikTok about how they woke up, they had a smoothie, they went to the office, <laughs> they, did, they did yoga for 45 minutes, and, <laughs> and then they went, they went to like a burrito truck. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't wait to yoga. see, I can't <laughs> wait to see Taliban American beauty. it's like i wake up i jerk off in the shower i make a bomb (laughs) (laughs) they're not even making bombs anymore yeah they they (laughs) used to have fun living in the villages and fighting the you know the infidels but now they just have to have an office job and uh, i talk to my cia agent (laughs) they gotta deal with traffic yeah it's very Every, every taliban agent woke up that morning and they were a giant bug (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have a word for this but the americans call it kafka-esque yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think when it will it, it like i guess like general neoliberal malaise follows falls over the entirety of the globe then we'll finally have some sort of break and things will know. change or just, that's that's the new fukuyama end of history yeah, yeah. That, that'd saying, be a really interesting contribution goal, if you see that as a goal then the withdrawal from afghanistan makes more sense yeah. I'm gonna become a I'm gonna become a globe emoji uh accelerationist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like we have to privatize the entire world so that mm-hmm. we can bring apart yeah. the new Coloni- world era. Colonize Antarctica, uh drill for oil there, colonize <laughs> the moon and Mars. It has to be corporations run the moon and Mars too. I want Starbucks <laughs> on every corner of Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Starbucks across from a Starbucks across from a polar bear, which is in yeah. a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> and the polar bear is the last living polar bear on Earth, and he's kept inside a cage so people can gawk at him. 
20, for 20 bucks uh, a selfie. I want a Starbucks barista to be able to buy a Starbucks coffee from another Starbucks that is close enough that they don't have to go out from behind the counter to do it. Yeah. yeah. And they should I be paid in company counters. script. <laughs> company yeah. script only. No, no real money left. Well, I mean, that's basically just Nick Land. That's like his whole deal is like, yeah. actually, the best way to fix everything is to make it all worse forever and never stop. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Nick Land, but for like voting for Hillary. <laughs> oh, so like you, you think Kissinger is like a really smart and interesting character, yeah, although he yeah. does have some flaws. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think we'll get to a chance to vote for Hillary again in like 2024? A chance. Do you think, do you think <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen? I guess it probably will, won't it? Like, if oh jo- boy, if, howdy. If I jo- hope I sure do get a chance to vote for Hillary and enjoy a phosphate down at the soda fountain. Yeah, I can't believe I missed my chance. I know. I mean, what our options are... I think the, uh, the 2024 election is really going to shake out to be? It's going to be Trump or DeSantis, obviously. Mm. I really don't what, have what any the, idea. What are Democrats going to do? Like, are, like there's all, all, all this, this talk. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's all this <laughs> talk about all Joe Biden over. not being fit to run. Yeah, like, that's correct. Uh, he wants to though. He like he gets annoyed at the question. He's like, "What do you mean? I cry? Why, why do you ask?" Yeah, that? yeah. My running. my grandpa wanted to drive until he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean he's allowed to drive. Oh, I know. I <laughs> I agree. But yeah, it's it's Joe Biden. It's Kamala Harris, who is one of the funniest charisma black holes on the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then shrug like Pete Buttigieg. I guess I feel like this is Hillary's music. Like she's biding her time waiting mm. to pop up and just lose again to Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't know. I think the Democrats Let's do are 2016 too... again. Yeah. I think the Democrats are so unimaginative. They're just going to like run a billion candidates again. They're literally mm. just going to throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks. And we're going to get to Probably discover true. a bunch of new Beto O'Rourke's from around the country. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, for rock. sure. I mean, my, my theory is that the, for whatever reason, the Republicans had sort of stayed together holding a, a, an ideological line mm-hmm. and there was some sort of team captain that they listened to and we're like we're gonna run this guy we have to play hard you mean you like know, before we, trump was around this b- was the right case? before trump was the death nail to that but yeah. b- but the democrats had lost it to like liberal individualist like grind set for like mm-hmm. a decade before that's true um there's no beggar like alpha like sigma grind set than obama being like i have no experience i'll become president anyway Right. He just was like, I'm well, going to charm my way there. I think the thing is that they lost it in 2008 mm-hmm. when Obama gave one speech and they were like, this guy, he should be I bet he could win. And he, then he did. And so for the next 20 years, they've just been like, okay, we got to find a cool hip guy who the kids like mm-hmm. yeah. um, that isn't Bernie Sanders or <laughs> you know, someone with any kind of ideology yeah. to the left of whatever mitch mcconnell <laughs> they're um, just trying out candidates and they're like okay could you please say this is 10 percent luck 20 percent skill 15 percent <laughs> concentrated power of will <laughs> but then uh, then the republicans lost it in 2016 with trump they're mm-hmm. like uh well i guess this worked I, I, like literally a whole chunk of their party rebelled and they're like you're all apple yeah, and we want we want Pepe's and we want dank memes. And yeah, we, we don't so want any fucking just, business. Everybody is just throwing shit at the wind and like climbing. It's there. <laughs> we have a congressional crabs in the bucket situation. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a very insanely funny like indictment of the Democratic establishment as a whole. That like Obama is leagues cooler than anyone they could ever find to run <laughs> as a candidate. He's not even cool. He's, he's like a dub. he's dad yeah. cool. Where it's like if you go to your friend's house and you're like, oh my friend's uh friend's dad barry is like 
kind of a cool guy. He used to listen to jazz and he said he, he keeps up with music. He he listens to new music and he, he goes to Barnes and Noble. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's got the new Phoebe Bridgers album. <laughs> yeah, he's that level of cool where it's like, wow, dad bought a record. That's cool. But yeah, that's the, crazy. Your dad <laughs> listens to music. You're, and you're saying you're saying Barack Obama is essentially the blues lawyer president. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He's a, he's a, one of the, yeah, he's he's a hundred percent blues lawyer and only more so as he's retired. Like, yeah. Retired Obama is blues lawyer politician. Retired Obama does have the vibes of a dude with two acoustic guitars on stands in his living room <laughs> that he never played. No, no. <laughs> that you like go up to the strings and they like have dust on yeah. dust. It's like feels disgusting, like a chalkboard to touch the strings. You're like, oh shit, no. You think yeah, they're sorry. nylon, but then you touch them and all the, the white stuff falls off. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, you just like looking like you used to play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I got to say, like, my stepdad is a blues lawyer through and through. He's a blues developer. It's the same thing. Mm, and like sure, Obama sure. is far and away his a favorite developer. president. Like his his mom got a photo of her and Obama, mm-hmm. and ever since she got that photo, it is the most prominent photo in any home <laughs> that she owns, which is two. Sorry, baby, this is replacing the, the one of our family. Yeah. I mean, like, literally, like, the way some people hang up Jesus in their house, Etta puts up a photo of Etta and Barack. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I yeah. feel like there was, I mean, Obama's like, liberal Jesus, for sure. He's pretty much, yeah. yeah I remember back 100%. when Obama, when Obama was running, like, all my extended family was, like, so excited for this, like, because he's, like, the perfect, like, not even just, not really in policy specifically, just like in vibe. In like, yeah. well, he absolves like, them of their sins. Yeah, he's yeah. he's educated. He's he's black. He's articulate. You know, like wink, wink. It, he's uh, also from Chicago, which is like the whole racism that white people have towards Chicago kind of gets flipped back around, and they get mm-hmm. to be like, "See, I love Chicago," even though like <laughs> ten minutes ago you were telling me like that living three hours away from it is too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It just is like all these like different like liberal guilt vibes get encapsulated into one where it's like i do have a black friend i will vote for a black guy mm-hmm. i don't think chicago is dangerous i think black people are smart we did it everything is solved yeah, i'm maybe- a little bit excited for the identity crisis that the republican party is going to have for the yeah. 2024 election because now that they aren't the incumbent presidential party uh we may see another one of like the way that the democrats uh, you know, like you said, we had a bunch of Beto O'Rourke's. I'm excited for the for like ten Republican Beto O'Rourke's. That's yeah, gonna but be, that's going to be really fun. <laughs> yeah. What's a Republican Beto O'Rourke look like? Jackson Logan Eagle. Paul or something <laughs> like? Blade yeah. Masters, Mr. Oh. Beast. Didn't he? Doesn't he want to run for president after yeah. his? Uh, is curing the blind shtick uh, gangbusters. <laughs> and then like, uh, you throw a NASCAR driver in there to round it out. You're set. That's how a, do you, how do you feel about the Mr. Beast uh, altruism shit? Uh, it's uh, stupid. That's lame. not how you fix the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just feels like, you know, I feel like if you're a real dumb guy, like, and you have a gazillion dollars, mm-hmm. like using your money to do something good while also having a nice two for one of making a lot of content and making your mm-hmm. star get even higher is a great idea. And I don't think he's like, I mean, in the best case scenario, I don't think he's like necessarily completely cynical in doing it, mm-hmm. but it is. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. The, the reason that Mr. Beast is evil is because that 
if he didn't, if he wasn't going to make a video about it, he would not have helped those people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, the whole, this, that's the whole gist of it. It's the same argument as don't film yourself uh, giving money to homeless people. <laughs> yeah. It's just not cool. Oh, sure. It's the same, but it's also the same thing as like every other kind of philanthropy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, rich people are giving millions of dollars to causes that will make them more money. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. they, they, if they really wanted to give away all of your money, you'd be poor. You wouldn't right. have well, any more money. It it has the same energy as, um, and I think it kind of launders the ideology of people like Sam Bankman Freed, who are always on about that effective altruism yeah. shit, mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. you need to make as much money as possible so you can affect the world as much as possible, and so you can do as much good as possible. And it's oh, like, yeah. okay, but if you climb up that fucking ladder, you destroy so much of the world in the process that it's impossible to do any fucking good once you're at the top anyway. And I guess the altruism was not super effective. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the other thing about a fest that that festival of influencers i talked about at the oh, top yeah. where the guy who put it on was like we we select people based on how much uh influence and change we think they can bring to the world so you're basically just saying like oh you only get to be spiritual you only get to make a difference if you're already a very rich and powerful person isn't mm-hmm. that fucking mm-hmm. convenient you know? it's, a, it's shocking to see those things that sam bankman fried was was doing and and you know, mm-hmm. having conversations about because I you wouldn't expect them to actually have invented like a religious cult around that stuff, but they actually are true believers in mm-hmm. some of them. Where it's like this is a cult around. It, it's like uh, what is it called? Like uh, the the um the financial faith stuff. Like Jesus will give you oh, uh, money if prosperity gospel. Prosperity yeah, gospel. gospel. Oh, yeah, they like invented yeah. a new prosperity gospel for like. that's what's interesting about cult-like behavior and why i've been so fascinated with it recently is because it's not just limited to religious groups anymore like QAnon is the best example of a political cult Mm -hmm. that has cropped up very recently and become very high profile but just as you say like this is also like a financial cult the stuff that sam bankman fried was doing with the effective altruism nonsense and there's other ones too there's like you know, there's just like social moral cults and like there's weird MLM schemes that become cults. And there's even just YouTubers. Like I was, um, oh fuck, I forget her fucking name. It's like, uh, something Swan and, and she's like a YouTuber who, um, who says that she's a projection of an alien life force <laughs> and she's oh, like wow. an Altarian that's Holy reincarnated that in schizo. <laughs> well, and she like did a whole response to people saying that like she's running a YouTube cult and she uses this t- this old ass definition of what a cult is that only includes religious movements mm-hmm. and would never sure. qualify QAnon or anything like that as a cult. And then I had to do like I was doing a double take watching that. And then I did a triple take because I realized the guy that I was watching debunk her was a Reddit atheist <laughs> who had an entire YouTube <laughs> channel devoted to atheism. Oh, man. And I'm like. Oh, he has good information about these cults, but I don't know if I can put up with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> there's still those guys. Oh, I think like, I'm, there's more opinion, than ever. They're having a renaissance. I like oh, cargo no. cults yeah. way better than regular cults. Oh, cargo yeah. cults, cargo cults, cults are so fucking fun. rock. Lots yeah, cargo guys. cults is awesome. Yeah, yeah it's only like, happened like two times, stuff. right? Yeah, I, I don't know how there's only, it is. Is there one of them or two of them? I don't know. Cargo cults. It happens on yeah. like. Uh, oh wait, wait, hang on a second. Are we talking about cars going fast? <laughs> I know you like Jerry that. Yeah. I know you like that shit. <laughs> we got NASCAR. Yeah, it's yeah, a big cargo cult. 
uh, better than what I had in mind. The, the Indy 500, big time cargo cult. Uh, Formula One, the huge cargo cult. I mean, I'd love to be in a cargo cult. Imagine if like aliens accidentally dropped a piece of technology mm-hmm. down in the middle of like the Midwest. I would absolutely drive to it and start spouting nonsense <laughs> like I knew what I was talking about. That sounds For fun sure. as hell. Who's going to awesome. tell you you're wrong? Aliens? By no the one time knows. they show up, people have bigger problems than John lied. <laughs> the, uh, the, the human like propensity for imitation our mirror neuron skeuomorphism cargo cults <laughs> it's just such a it, it brings in just such a zany and fun dimension to i know any sort of like sociological theorizing it's it's, it's great I, I enjoy it very much i love that it exists it, it makes me be like humans are so cute <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's just like little monkey brains struggling to comprehend the world around you. And it's like, oh, there's like 2001. You don't even know what's going on at all. <laughs> That's one of my oh. favorite uh, William Gibson short stories is called Hinterlands. And it's about like, what if we did that, but with space? Mm. Nice. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, that's one of my favorite like sci-fi plots in general is like we mankind started expanding into the stars and suddenly a lot of them were very different from each other and they hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Crazy how that happens. <laughs> it's almost like we're throughput machines that require input to generate output. <laughs> Speak for yourself. The only input I require is beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> putting this beef jerky in my mouth. <laughs> that's right. I'm not through putting this beef jerky away, that's for sure. Um, speaking of guys who had some input and also a bureaucratic nightmare, there's a British company oh, yeah. <laughs> in Brighton, UK called Lord of the Bins. <laughs> yeah. Now, really? Pre- presumably, this would have been okay if it was just the name of their waste removal company. But they made a logo that looks like the Lord of the Rings logo. Oh. And their uh, tagline is one ring to remove it all. All That's (laughs) pretty clever, though. It is pretty good. I like it. Oh, but, and they're like, you got to change it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, come (laughs) on. The Brighton Bin Firm. That's really really drawing the line, Lord of the Rings. (laughs) I think it's bullshit. I think it's fine. That's covered. It doesn't fair use. Yeah, this it's is not Lord of the Rings. It's Lord of the Bins. It's clearly like I, I don't because it's like is this really damaging the intellectual property of <laughs> yeah. Lord of do, the Rings? Do they, do they, is there argument that they think people are going to think hobbits are going to come to their house and take away their trash? <laughs> like, Nobody's going really to buy my dad's with... books anymore because <laughs> they can just get their trash taken out. Instead. <laughs> they can just go read this sign for trash removal and I, they'll get the same feeling of satisfaction. I bet the UK doesn't have like parody law though. Like, no, they, probably they don't have don't a ha- sense of humor. No, like, have you ever all. seen UK comedy? It's like... It's yeah. like uh, it's always panel shows. It's just like five guys in suits being like, "Did you see the Queen's latest uh, latest knickers? Yeah. Bloody disgusting!" <laughs> I, it's usually like I love watching panel show clips on YouTube because it's like, "Who is David Mitchell going to talk to today?" UK <laughs> oh, it's Richard Iowati again. Like, <laughs> hey. UK comedy is always like. Uh, Two people completely deadpan, slightly push the boundaries of of the social contract. Right, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And they yeah. lose their fucking minds. One of them's <laughs> like, "Would you like a jammy dodger?" And the other one's like, "I really shouldn't." And then there's canned <laughs> laughter for an hour. <laughs> it is weird though. Yeah. The, it's like it's really like the same ten people. It's like if 
if Adam Sandler's group of friends was the only comedians allowed to exist on television. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I think we should do that. I think we should break (laughs) up the United States into regions, Mm -hmm. and each one of them gets to be a a regional entertainment hub like like (laughs) Europe has. Uh And and I I want Seth Rogen and his weird friends to to be the the Eastern Midwest, because I think that would vibe really well with what we got going on. Yeah, I would love to watch Adam Sandler and friends like host The View every day. Like or some like, view equivalent, just sit around like stoned out of their minds talking about whatever. I mean, it is like uh, the UK just doesn't have that many people in it compared to the United States. I always wondered why, uh, especially during the classic rock era, there were as many famous British bands as there are US bands. Because I'm like, there's got to be way more US bands. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> well, that that, that more was people. because there. Well, there were more people in the US. But the that's because like every boomer has a story about how him or somebody he knew was in a band that almost made it, right? <laughs> we the almost UK opened small. for the Almond Brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The UK is small enough that basically, if you were in a band, you made it, right? But that's the US, true. Yeah. You tripped like, over and you were opening for Joy Division. Only yeah. <laughs> like a small percentage of the bands actually made it because there's way more people. Hmm. So you have a lot of talented bands that just never made it. And that's why every boomer has that one story about how they almost got a record deal. Mm-hmm. Want to see me throw this football over that mountain? <laughs> <laughs> no, did it makes guys, sense, yeah. though. Did you guys already talk about the balloon? We haven't actually oh, yeah, we talked about the balloon, yet. but not since they shot it down. Oh, so. it's a colossal limited hangout. Like, the whole thing. <laughs> I know it's just like a regular a, balloon. There's, there's so, shit about how there were three balloons during the Trump presidency, but they didn't tell Trump. <laughs> that seems like a good call uh like yeah. when you're running a country to uh like I, it's just fucked up it's did it's china all limited say, hangout did china say that it was theirs yeah they they yeah. right away they, they said, said it was a weather a, balloon yeah they so said why, it's a who normal cares? weather balloon we it's think affected they're lying, by the westerlies i guess and <laughs> it we're sorry they were like we didn't mean to to upset anyone and the united states was like it's too late for that <laughs> 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 I've already loaded my gun and I'm ready to shoot. I can't take it back now. We're canceling diplomatic visits. It's the wrong kind of balloon. <laughs> I don't get like what the idea is. Like, what would they be doing? Yeah, what could they be spying on? I I didn't actually think about that logic of it because it's They're also stupid. Theorizing but... that you can get better uh, espionage imagery from a balloon than from a low Earth orbit spy satellite. Highly doubt that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, shut no. up. That's not true. Come on. <laughs> and also, like, did you see the path the balloon took? It came down in the middle of the mid of the furthest part, west part of the Midwest, the Great Plains, and then it mm-hmm. went through the center of the country before heading towards the Carolinas. So it saw millions of WalMarts and not a lot else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's fucking, you know, CIA military black sites all over the country or whatever but like how how much can you really gather why would they give a shit they know we're we're bullshit like they (laughs) they know we're a terrible country they think they're gonna find our uyghurs or something like (laughs) that's that's the thing so right now they are actually retrieving the weather balloon off of the u.s coast and i thought it got shot down yeah it got shot down and it landed in the water so they have to go out and find it and bring it in and i guarantee you it's going to be a normal weather balloon and so there's a very good chance 
they're not going to release any details about it once they have it. They're going to be like, <laughs> we have the balloon and everyone's going to applaud. And then that's going to be the end of the press conference. Does anybody, I feel like the but media John, at this it, point is like ringing out like more stories about it. Cause mm-hmm. now that it's shot down and it's not there, like no one actually gives a shit. Right. Yeah. Well, but John, ABC news calls it a downed Chinese spy balloon. So surely they aren't just pulling something out of their ass and they now, have sources. And well, that was the, I'm going to come out thing. here on, on the side of I'm, very, I'm anti balloon. I, I hate the balloon. <laughs> I'm anti balloon. I'm pro Zeppelin. It did okay? nothing wrong. It should, if you're going to do a balloon shaped aircraft, it should look like a Zeppelin. Yeah, I Zeppelins guess I agree are cool with that. as fuck. They're steampunk. They're gas punk. <laughs> we're we're or whatever definitely pro diesel okay? punk. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. I'm on board. Boring. Fucking boring. It should have been a, it should have been shaped like a long Zeppelin. It should have been ha- had some guys inside with like little tiny like cylindrical caps and like <laughs> handlebar mustaches and they should have been pedaling. I agree. Okay? It was that a terrible balloon. Much more charming. <laughs> it, should, it, should, it didn't even have happy birthday written on it. It was awful. <laughs> Extremely low rent, cringe. Low rent balloon. <laughs> they, could, they had all that real estate on the side. They could have used it to advertise a brand. Okay. Yeah. It could have said Huawei on the side yeah. in the Goodyear font. <laughs> Purple missed opportunity. Now Goodyear, there's Huawei. a balloon. <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> I don't even know what voice I'm doing anymore. Kevin McDonald doing Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) The cute alien cop from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Classic Kevin McDonald character. I love that he played a a weird, tall alien in Lilo and Stitch and Invader Zim. Yeah. They were like, that's the voice of that. You look like a weird, tall alien. So I did did actually just recently see Lilo and Stitch on an airplane and uh, can confirm. It it kind of holds up, honestly. Nice. It's good movie. <laughs> I haven't seen the, it in a long time. The, but I, like I, it. I I preferred the the hard sci fi elements of it, <laughs> the spaceships, yeah, and yeah. the yeah. intergalactic bureaucracy. Once they're on in Hawaii, it kind of loses steam. Yeah. Remember when it came out and they were releasing like guides to all of the different aliens? Like there, it kind of felt <laughs> no. like there was going to be like a Pokemon esque universe where you got to collect all the little different aliens. Yeah, it didn't screen test well. Mark said it. Yeah, it didn't fly. Everybody just wanted to go see the movie. So they made (laughs) another movie and that did really well. And they were like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing now. (laughs) Like, There was a while where everyone wanted to get in on what Game Freak was doing and like have their own Pokemon. And Mm -hmm. that lasted for like 10 years, I think, before Mm -hmm. everyone kind of finally gave up and was like, Pokemon can have Pokemon. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like it was a lot harder than people thought it would be. Like Digimon managed it more or less. And then Mm -hmm. there was also what, like, Monster Rancher was a game where you could like breed. I monsters. love Monster Rancher. I never tried that one. I thought that but was a puzzle flopped. game. No, no, yeah. it's uh, it's. I think it's like kind of like Pokemon, right? Like yeah. you breed monsters and can battle them and collect them and stuff. Well, and Monster Rancher had the added feature of like if you had it on PlayStation, you would put different CDs into the PlayStation, and it would generate monsters based on the metadata on the CD. That's cool. I always thought and, that was so cool. I was like, how does it know that this is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? How does yeah. it have well, a monster so for neat. everything? Yeah, it seemed really cool. And I had the Game Boy version, which uh, had a little, you used the Game Boy camera to Mm. scan barcodes and it did the same thing. It was pretty fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I had but, no, but I was the only person I knew with Monster Rancher for the Game Boy. So who was I going to trade with? (laughs) I don't know if I knew it existed for Game Boy. I might have gotten it if I'd known. Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color? I think it was Game Boy Color because that was what I had the camera for, but I'm not really sure. And I never had the camera. You were supposed to also get the printer. I never got the printer. I never had the printer either. I just took pictures and did nothing with them. 
Hell yeah. Well, as long as we're talking about gaming, let's talk about Billy Mitchell a little bit because he's done. Oh, yeah. He's fucking toast. Yeah. We, there was a long saga of <laughs> Billy Mitchell, the the famous Donkey Kong guy, King of Kong guy, all of his different cheating scandals, and he's been taken down by uh, one single photo. <laughs> and it turns out that this was the only who piece is of this guy. This is the dude who played uh, Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior, and and supposedly got a bunch of like world record high scores. You haven't watched King of oh. Kong: A Fistful of Quarters, Todd? No, no. It's okay, a great documentary. Incept- oh, January twenty third. Photographs from the 2007 Florida Association of Mortgage Bro- Association of Mortgage Brokers Convention uncovered in January 23rd. <laughs> yeah, showed that Donkey Kong cabinet Bill Mitchell used appeared to have a modified joystick. Yep, this guy's a freaking cheater. He's cheating with a joystick. A oh, cheat. really? Look at this. Wow. Yeah, see, here's the regular joystick. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I, the apparently the original console has a four-way joystick. But the one in, in, in the picture is like a taller eight directional joystick. So mm. it would mean that he has like an advantage in being able to like hold up and right at the same time or down and right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also he's been exposed multiple times for having cheated on his high score uh, records because of the way that the screen actually loads the levels is different if you're running original hardware versus emulation. So if mm-hmm. you go frame by frame, you can tell that he's cheating. But since everybody figured that out, he's been suing the shit out of anybody who claimed that he was cheating. Mm-hmm. And then now, ever since this photo has come out, it's pretty much cut and dry. Like the, the saga of Billy Mitchell trying to get money <laughs> out of people and, and hold on to his, his legend as the King of Kong is done. It's over. It's kaput. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I understand, man. You thought you could get away with it back in the 80s and 90s when there was when competitive gaming meant getting a high score in Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> but we have people that can beat Super Mario World in less than six minutes now. You're going to need to do better. <laughs> <laughs> Super some, Mario some... World in six minutes? Yeah. What's the world record for Super Mario World? I think it's 530-something. Oh, Using Well, the, the Super, wow. Super Mario World has that insane, like... Arbitrary, arbitrary code, code execution. execution. Yeah, fifty-four yeah. seconds. Ooh, you basically like tell the tell the game to Mario load the end, end screen, so you don't exactly like play through it. But you, that's uh, a tool assist uh, record. Mm, okay. Four fifty-four. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that doesn't seem possible. Yeah. Oh, I bet it's possible. We also we have we, there's a guy who could beat Sekiro with his eyes closed with like a blindfold on. Didn't he do yeah. all of them? That's just called uh, being Japanese. I think, I think only Sekiro <laughs> is doable blindfolded. I'm not sure if people have done blindfolded. Oh, I, think, Souls. I think there was a guy who did all the Souls games in order without getting hit. It wasn't that's it, another it thing. Wasn't, that was a great one. Yeah. It wasn't in order, but it was every game without getting hit. Okay, right. Uh, yeah, I think he, he, he saved like the hardest ones for last. He maybe saved the, the hardest one. ones for first. For first. Yeah, I guess that's true. You Get through the hard one. You and want the easiest one last. You can coast at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, but it's got to. That also sets you up for a crazy level of tilt when you're on the last easiest game and you get hit. Yeah, you <laughs> you just want to light your house on fire at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's like a nine hour run or something too. Oh, I God. mean, like I don't think you have to marathon it. He could like take breaks in between the games and mm-hmm. like not play, but uh, it's a lot of a lot of dedication to one run. Yeah, I mean that's an insane amount of dedication to anything and uh, well as long as we're talking about people breaking games let's talk about uh the open ai founder sam altman who has announced that chat gpt is breaking capitalism really yeah but you're saying they, this... they made an alternative to sam bankman fried called sam altman <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, wow. Yeah. And also this is, he's doing kind of the same thing too, where he's like, uh, yeah, me and Elon Musk, we used to work together on some projects, but we split because actually I want my, my tools that I develop to make it so people don't have to do menial things like write and code anymore. And this <laughs> is going to lead to the downfall of capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> This guy's a real fucking brain genius. <laughs> and uh, this Dude. this also has like real Nick Land energy where it's like, if you just make a robot that does half of your menial work for you, that's the same thing as a utopia. <laughs> yeah. He has the physiognomy of like a bloodless tech CEO too. Like, I, don't, I don't trust those eyes. Yeah, I don't know. It when you like open it up. Fucking creep. Yeah, a really bony face kind of like, it feels like he hasn't, he, he hasn't smiled in joy in like 15 years or so. Like you just can tell from how the muscles in his face look that he, <laughs> yeah. he hasn't grinned or laughed in a while. He, he just does kind of look like, like he does look like a hollow. Yeah. <laughs> he do we do he do we look like a hollow? He's looking hollow looky. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how people like I think who is gonna do it? Like BuzzFeed is gonna use chat G- GPT to like help them write quizzes or something. Which <laughs> Oh my god, they don't already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they're paying people for that. That kind of highlights something that I've been wondering about, which is that like, is it that like, you know, these AIs are actually good at spitting things out or is it that we've just found certain things that are already formulaic enough that mm-hmm. they can do them whereas like, yeah, yeah it doesn't sure. really matter if you have an ai do it because the person that writes these clickbait articles is basically already just smashing shit together randomly and seeing what works like mm-hmm. a neural net would do anyway i asked <laughs> that i asked that j chat jp G, what is it chat, chat GPT? gpt i can't say that for some reason i asked that shit how like what George Bush did during 9-11 okay and it just told me nothing it didn't know he was like no there's that's a conspiracy theory and I was like well why (laughs) (laughs) why did Uh, they take all their money out of this stock right before and they're like that they didn't do that and I'm like yes they did (laughs) it was arguing with me oh man well, that's back, like getting did, back talk from the robots. It's just posting Wikipedia articles at me is what I'm saying. It's not yeah, that interesting. For sure. Yeah. yeah like it's I, I feel like it these this AI shit, I mean, much like AI art, it's like eighty to ninety percent like plagiarism, basically. It's like, all yeah. It exactly. just takes something that exists and like modifies it a little bit and like tries to match it to what the prompt is, and that's pretty much it. I feel well, like it maybe is I'm a little biased or something, but like I feel like the the coolest AI stuff is music. Because because I, mu- so much of music is like within some sort of like constraint of what we think is good anyway, mm-hmm. and like sounds cool. And there's like mathematical models you can make of like like a like like a key is kind of just like a mathematical description of sound. Right, right? and then mm-hmm. and then it's just like there's everybody who makes good music is stealing anyway too. Like it's all sort of influenced by each other. Uh-huh. So I feel like when AI music is is a really unexplored, like they can make it really cool, but like nobody is like, make me a talking head song. I guess because well, the vocals are probably hard. Yeah, I think yeah. also with the music, it runs into a bit of a different problem, which is that it's just like the lack of originality becomes really apparent right up front. Like if, mm. if you're just having it write code, you can have it write code that writes code that writes code that writes code. And it'll never actually direct the code to do anything interesting or novel, but it will write gradually more sophisticated code. Whereas with music, it's like you can keep refining it and you can keep tweaking it, but 
an AI is just as likely as a, a newbie producer to end up sitting there having made a million adjustments that either don't do anything or make it sound worse. And they're still banging <laughs> their head on the desk going, fucking snare sounds like shit. <laughs> the, the other thing with like AI music is uh, it's all money. Right. Like, uh, you know, we were talking about the Grammys earlier and how the ratings have tanked. So they have to resort to outrage advertising in order to get any eyes on their shit whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, what what was the outrage advertising? So uh, they did like uh, Party City devil costumes. Legos are right. the, The culture war guys picked up on that and they've been sharing those clips. It's like, you're, Nickelback you're, done told y'all. <laughs> these clips, yeah, these clips have millions of fucking views on on your account, and you're like, you're doing the producers of the Grammys work for them. Like, if you don't like it, just fucking ignore it because less and less people care about it every year anyway. But the the music that's popular is popular because like record labels, radio stations, TV, it's promoted and it's put in front of faces like if you they're if waving you, it in your face yeah if look you, at this uh, photograph yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you have a song drilled in your head over and over and over again your brain is eventually going to be like ah, oh, i guess that's kind of catchy mm-hmm. right it doesn't it doesn't matter whether it's good or not <laughs> when yeah. when if you've looked at this photograph enough times eventually every time you do it makes you laugh <laughs> that's called conditioning yeah. <laughs> Eventually, uh, you love Big Brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the the, uh, the Nickelback done told you thing is from this like really hilarious thread where someone was talking about this event at the Grammys, and he's like, I don't know why people are surprised that they're using satanic imagery. Nickelback's rock star from 2005 was already about how the music industry makes people worship Satan. Nobody listens to <laughs> lyrics, and then he posted some like link to one of his own tweets and said, Nickelback done told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> which is the funniest thing a human being a has said up to sentence. this point it, yeah. To, yeah, he left it to, up like, too I think it's still there we need to give Nickelback a second chance because to no. be honest uh, their music kind of slaps <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think that their music is good it, but I think completely it's completely fine it, it's definitely over underrated it's, because it's right. it's the they it, it, people think it is like the worst music possible mm-hmm. but well, uh it's, it's over hated yeah no nickelback is hated the right amount i think because they occupy a space where they are good enough that you expect more from them mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. just at the absolute bottom of that range mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. if if they were any worse they would be bad enough that you would be like oh you're cute but they're not <laughs> and they're everywhere like i I think it's I think it's good and true to hate Nickelback. I really do. <laughs> I guess I guess there was that like I guess it was there was a period when you could not escape it. Yeah. And now oh, yeah. that I just don't live in that time anymore, I hear Hero by I hear that song Hero and I'm like this song is kind of cool. Nice job, yeah. guys. You made a song. Yeah, that is this true. Is a it's a fun song. I don't know. Yeah, Nickelback like, is a very like bygone era kind of meme. It's like millennials who were just forced by the radio to hear Nickelback right. mm-hmm. had a backlash, but it's like zoomers are like why do you guys care? Just listen to 100 Gex instead. That now that's terrible. That's worse yeah. than Nickelback. If you're that's listening right. to 100 Gex, I would make fun of you as though you were listening to Nickelback for yeah. sure. Well, People don't have hate for other bands that were shoved down their throat that way, though. Like U2, sure, but like Coldplay, nah, for instance. Way more N- nobody really back. fucking hates Coldplay. People <laughs> yeah. Lots of people hate Coldplay. Really? There was a whole th- yeah, there was a whole thing in 40-year-old Virgin where they're like, you're gay because you like Coldplay. 
<laughs> Remember? That's true, that's true. I think that says a lot about the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> it does, but they were like the lame band that yeah. they were, everyone was like, this is just Radiohead, but sucks. Radiohead's, Radiohead's a fucking did. lame band. I like Coldplay better than Radiohead. Come <laughs> wow. at me. Insane take. That's a wild no, take. No, I love that. very reasonable take. No. <laughs> no, radio, Radiohead literally is Coldplay. No. Radiohead's cool. <laughs> Same no, guy. We're all pissed at you it's now. Chris Martin. <laughs> it's just Chris Martin. In my mind, was Radiohead, Coldplay, I couldn't, I would not be, if you played a random Coldplay song. Oh, come on. Bef- before they went all like, uh, you know, chain synth smokers. Pop or but whatever. this is what I'm saying is that Coldplay a, has three Records I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Coldplay has three records that sound like Radiohead by way of Oasis. Mm-hmm. And then it's all just like dance pop EDM stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like totally off the like off the deep end of bad. Yeah. Radiohead just, has like consistently <laughs> Brit pop music or whatever. Yeah, but Seals and Crofts is good. Seals and Crofts is good. That's yeah. why Coldplay is like Seals and Crofts. It's not gonna, yeah, it's not gonna like cause your uh, your aunt to be like, "What is this?" Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, sure. also speaking of music, now that well, since we're about to wrap up, I guess. Sure. Um, Steve Albini okay. uh, posted a tweet. Oh yeah. Uh, to yesterday, I think. Uh, in reference to a Laura Jane Grace tweet where she said, I'm the kind of punk that something, I can't remember, uh, still hates football is what it was. Oh. Mm-hmm. She's oh, okay. like, punks are supposed to not like football or whatever. Sure. Okay. And Steve Albini said, I'm the kind of punk who still hates Steely Dan. And then went, <laughs> oh, on, a, fuck you. And then went on a thread of why he hates them. And uh, <laughs> people were really mad about him. And uh, I think, you know, Steely Dan... You know, whatever you think about them is they're cool and based. They are not. They are not supposed to be liked by punks. That's for sure. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I think he's correct about Uh that. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I think Steely Dan is misunderstood by its primary audience, not by its secondary audience. And I'll die on that hill. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the primary audience? You know what? I kind of, I kind of get that. Also, who cares what you think, Steve Albini? You're not relevant, and also. Punk is a cargo cult invented by the CIA. <laughs> That's, true too. That's also true. No, but like Steely Dan writes songs about like weird old dudes who show up and ruin parts of the country. And yeah, then and weird pegging. old dudes who show up and ruin parts of the country are like, these songs are about how great I am. <laughs> yeah, that song where Steely Dan was like, it's cool to do drunk driving. That was entirely unironic. Die behind the wheel. Yeah. That song's also got a big football reference in it. That's for uh, the yeah. That's for your uncle. I have. So you're saying that Steely Dan is basically Devo, but specifically for like aging middle aged guys. It's smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's smooth. It's smooth Devo. I don't know how to fit Devo into this equation. <laughs> to be frank with you, <laughs> I mean, I I, that- I I have come to the point in my life where I think Steely Dan is not a band that makes me want to drill my ears out. I have become able to listen to it and enjoy some songs i will say they suck though they're not good they're great one of the best (laughs) to ever do it steely dan rules your wrong opinion discarded they make easy listening music yes (laughs) chuck mangione is also very good michael mcdonald is also very good kenny loggins are kind of hit and miss but the hit stuff is really (laughs) good yeah Yeah, i don't know i honestly don't know a ton of steely dan songs i feel like they are great at what they do which is making kind of boring wallpaper type music yeah you you should listen to the fez it's a bop and it's also about wearing a condom I'll check it nice. out. <laughs> <laughs> we 
which is good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand do it without why, the fez uh, on. That's what that's what Donald says in that song. I, yeah. I don't understand why like uh, <laughs> music has to be hard to listen to to be like ha- to have artistic merit. No, I mean, I also feel, like that kind of music. Should, the, should the, feel the easier passionate. music is li- is to listen to, the more pleasant the listening experience is. <laughs> I mean, nobody's yeah, just sure. sitting down. Disagree. Nobody's <laughs> sitting down with like a fucking uh, glass of whiskey enjoying a. Uh, you know, a nice evening in an armchair and putting on a hundred Gex record. Hendrick They're fucking Gex tweaked up. out on Adderall <laughs> and fucking poppers. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I but, sit down but, with a nice glass of wine and listen to Hella back to back with Steely Dan, back to back with Bong Ripper. There's, it doesn't matter. They're all good. <laughs> How about we just let people enjoy Taste things? Taste is fake. Let, let people They're enjoy things. Unless you like 100 Gex. Yeah. If you enjoy 100 you, Gex, I'm stealing some shit out of your house. <laughs> <That's right>. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we can all agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. playing, I'm playing 100, 100 Gex uh, out my speakers to uh, raise the rent in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they had 311 Gex, they, <laughs> they put a little funk into it. Yeah. <laughs> 311? Yeah. 311. 98 yeah, so that's that's 100 Gex podcast. Yeah. This is I'm now a slightly stupid that. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All my homies hate Gex. All every- my homies love being bad at skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate every Gex that I've ever seen. Uh, I, I feel like that's a pretty uh, non-relevant reference at this point. Have they even put out an album in a long time? Like, no one cares uh, about when was their last Yeah, record? I think Flash they probably the made their bag and then fucked off. Why are we firing strays at Death Grips fans? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Death Grips is good. Yeah, but. Uh, but also yeah. a band that it seems like, are they still doing something? Only the hardcore fans. They're going know. on tour. You know what's interesting? Well, right, yeah, you would know that. They did a remix <laughs> of Linkin Park's One Step Closer in I 2021. I did hear that, and it was oh, pretty man. bad. But, oh, nice. uh, Wait, I Death like, Groups did? No. No, uh, 100 Gex. Oh, that sucks. Oh, I feel like, I mean, uh, I'm still into it. I'll check it out. You know, yeah. Grammys used to be kind of a death knell for some a band being cool. Mm-hmm. Like, Bon Iver's first record came out and everyone loved it and then the second one came out and everyone loved it and then it got nominated for a Grammy and people were like well it's not that good and then <laughs> same thing happened with Arcade Fire uh, whatever Beck they gave it to his like very later mid album or whatever but Turnstile got famous and then immediately won a Grammy or got nominated for a Grammy uh, and I think that record is very good. But do you think like kids who just found out about Turnstile are going to be like, oh, I guess it's lame because they got a Grammy or they almost won a Grammy? Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> know. Like Zoomer teens who just found out about Turnstile and like uh, a week later, their dad is wearing a Turnstile shirt because he heard about <laughs> them on NPR. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm 31 and I'm hearing about Turnstile right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you never no, heard never her Turnstile? No, that's just one of those band names where I assume they're, they're some kind of like weird scene darlings with the exact kind of vocals that I don't like. And my brain mm. just makes a snap judgment not to check it out. Oh, it's very good. That record. <laughs> no, I will. Really it's, it's got some fun songs. Yeah. It's quite, quite, it's quite cool. a good album. I like it. Uh, anyway. Anyway, all right. Well, before we just start listing our favorite albums, thank you so much for listening to BP Vletus. <laughs> that can this, be a bonus episode. That can, <laughs> let, let's do it later sure. this week. That we'll sit good. around be, and just say our favorite fun, albums. Fun bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you're going to have to pay for that. So don't let one slip or anything. <laughs> yeah, Keep yeah. a lid on it. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. You can support us on Patreon if you want to hear us list our favorite albums. You can check out my <laughs> other show, Work Stoppage, which is about uh, labor and unions. You can check out Bryn's other show, Generation Loss, which is hey. about movies and TV. Todd's shop, Doomer.shop. As always, we love you. Stay high. Goodbye.
Bye. Keep on smoking. Bye.